Shirlian was stunned right there and then. He watched as the lanky youth walked away with his giant bag of junk as if it was the most natural thing to do in the world, and it made him mutter, Forgive my sins. Sanlang strode a few steps over and walked out. Shirlian was about to follow him, but remembered at the last second that the old driver was still asleep in the ox cart. He went back around and woke the old man, advising him to keep the incident tonight a secret. After witnessing his powers, the old man didn't dare to say no and hurriedly dragged his old Huang home. There was only a roll of straw mat left on the cart. Shirlin carried it on his back, turned around, and saw that Sanlang had already started climbing the hill towards Puchi Shrine with his bag of random junk. Nearing the crooked, shaky shack that was Puchi Shrine, Sanlang lowered his head and puffed out a laugh, as if seeing something amusing. Shirlian approached and saw that he was looking at his sign requesting for donations and cleared his throat. As you see, that's it really. That's why I said you might not be comfortable here. It's not too bad, Sanlang said. In the past, it had always been Shirlian who told others, it's all right, it's not too bad. Hearing it from someone else for the first time made him feel rather complicated. The Puchi Shrine door had already long gone rotten, so Shirlian had torn it down and replaced it with some curtains. He lifted the drapes and said, Come on in. And Sanlang entered the shrine with him. There wasn't much in the small shrine, only a long altar table, two small stools, a small cushion, and a donation box. Shirlian reached for the bag in Sanlang's hands, took out the fortune shaker, incense burner, some paper and miscellaneous stationery, and placed them on the altar table. He then lit up a used red candle that someone had stuffed into his hand while he was collecting junk, and the shrine brightened instantly. Sunlang picked up the fortune shaker, playfully gave it a shake, and then put it down. So, is there a bed? Shirlian silently took down the straw mat from his back and unrolled it to show him. Sanlang raised his brows and asked, There's only one? Of course, Shirlian didn't think that he needed more than one, since he had only met the boy on his way back. So he said, If you don't mind, we can squeeze a bit for the night. That works too, Sanlang said. Shirlian then reached for the broom and swept the floor, while Sanlang looked around some more. Gogo, aren't you missing something in the shrine? Shirlian had just finished sweeping and he was kneeling down on the mat when he heard this. He answered as he padded their bedding. Other than followers, I don't think that there's anything missing. Sunlan crouched down too, a hand propping up his chin. What about the divine statue of the god? His words reminded Shirlian. How could he forget the most important thing for a shrine? A god's statue. A shrine without its idol is no shrine. Although one could say that the god himself is present, he couldn't possibly just sit up on the altar all day, every day. Shirlian contemplated for a moment, and then came up with a solution. I bought some paper and ink today. I'll paint a portrait tomorrow. Painting a portrait of himself to hang in the shrine he built for himself, to pray to himself. If the heavenly court caught wind of this, they'd probably laugh at him for another ten years. 
but the cost of commissioning a sculpture was rather hefty, and that took time. So Shirlian would rather be laughed at for 10 years and save money instead. Unexpectedly, Sun Lung spoke up. A portrait? I know how to paint one. Do you need my help? Startled, Shirlian smiled. Thank you, but I'm afraid that you don't know how to paint the Prince of Xianle. Am I right? After all, most of his portraits were burnt and destroyed 800 years ago. No matter how many were left now, not many people would have seen them before. Sun Lang replied, Of course I do. Weren't we just talking about him earlier on the cart? Shirlian remembered the conversation. That was indeed the case. Earlier, he had said, You probably haven't heard of him before. But Sun Lang did not respond. Hearing him speak now, Shirlian was surprised. He finished with the bedding and sat up straight. Sun Lang, don't tell me that you really know him. Sun Lang sat down on the mat and replied, I do. Shirlian thought that when Sun Lang spoke, his expression and tone of voice were quite fascinating. He was always smiling and laughing, but one could never tell whether his smiles were genuine or whether they were actually mocking the other party for being an idiot. Having listened to him on the way back, Shirlian was rather interested in Sun Lang's appraisal of him. Shirlian moved to sit next to him and asked, So what do you think about this prince of Xianle? Both men looked at each other under the lamp. The flame of the red candle flickered slightly. Sun Lang had his back to the candlelight, and it was hard to see his exact expression with his eyes immersed under the shadow. After a moment, he replied, I think the heavenly emperor must not like him. Shirlian wasn't expecting this answer and paused. Why do you think that? Why else would he have banished the prince twice? Sun Lang replied. Shirlian smiled a little and thought, indeed, the thinking of a child. He lowered his head and slowly removed his belt. I don't think this has anything to do with like or dislike. There are many things in this world that can't be explained through like and dislike. Shirlian turned around, removed his white boots and continued. Besides, one needs to be punished for making mistakes. The heavenly emperor was simply doing his duty. Perhaps, Sun Lang responded non-committally. Shirlian took off his outer robes, folded them, and was ready to place them on the altar table. Wanting to say more, he turned around, only to see Sun Lang's eyes staring at his ankles. It was hard to describe that gaze. It was icy but searing, scorching but with a hint of chill. Shirlian looked down and immediately understood. On his right ankle was a black, cursed shackle. The first curse was around his neck, and the second around his ankle. Both curses were placed in areas not easily concealed. In the past, if anyone asked, Shirlian would lie and say it was for training purposes. But that answer probably wouldn't deceive Sun Lang. Thankfully, Sun Lang didn't say anything and looked away after a while. Shirlian laid down on the mat, and the youth obediently laid down too without removing a single article of clothing. Shirlian figured he was probably not used to sleeping on the floor like this and thought perhaps he'd find a way to get to bed after all. Let's rest. Shirlian softly blew out the candle and all became dark once more. The next morning, when Shirlian opened his eyes, 
Sun Lung was not next to him. He raised his head and stopped, stunned. On top of the altar, there hung a portrait. It was a portrait of a man with a golden mask, dressed glamorously in extravagant attire. There was a sword in one hand, a flower in the other. It was a beautifully and vividly painted portrait of the God-pleasing Prince of Xianle. It had been years since Shirlian saw a painting of himself like that, and he stared at it blankly for a long time before getting up. He got dressed, then pulled back the curtain. Sun Lung was just outside, hiding in the shadows alongside the shrine, twirling the broom in his hand and watching the sky with a bored expression. It seemed this youth really didn't like the sun. The way he was watching the sky was as if he wanted to pluck the sun and smash it into pieces. All the fallen leaves around the shrine had been swept into a mound next to the entrance. Shirlian went out of the door and asked, Did you sleep well last night? Sun Lung was still leaning on the wall, but turned his head over and said, Not too badly. Shirlian walked over, took the broom from his hands and asked, Sun Lung, did you paint that portrait in the shrine? Sun Lung replied, Uh-huh. It's really well done, Shirlian praised. Sun Lung's lips lifted, but he didn't say anything. Maybe because he slept all over the place last night, his ponytail this morning seemed to be even more crooked, loose, and casual. It actually looked quite nice, casual but not messy, rather playful. Shirlian pointed at his own hair and asked, Want me to help you with that? Sunlung nodded and went back inside with Shirlian. When Sunlung sat down, Shirlian let down his black hair and quietly started examining it. Even if the palm prints and fingerprints were perfectly detailed, ghosts always had one flaw in their body creation. The hair of a living person was uncountable, and it came in individual strands that were intricate and distinct. The fake bodies created by ghosts had hair that was either a black blur or a pasted mass like long strips of fabric. Sometimes they just went bald. Shirlian had checked his palm prints and fingerprints the night before, and he had initially lowered his guard, but seeing the portrait this morning raised his suspicions again. How could an average man know how to paint this portrait? Yet, when he combed his fingers gently through Sun Lung's hair, Shirlian couldn't find anything amiss. After a while, Sun Lung let out a laugh as if he was ticklish from the touch. He turned his head slightly and looked at Shirlian out of the corner of his eye. He said, Gurgur, are you going to tie my hair or are you thinking of doing something else? With his hair down, Sun Lung still looked handsome, but there was an added air of wickedness. His teasing brought Shirlian out of his momentary musing. Shirlian smiled and said, All right, all right, and quickly finished tying his hair. But after that was done, when Sun Lung looked at his own reflection in the bucket of water in the corner, he turned back to Shirlian with quirked brows. Shirlian took a look and coughed. The ponytail was lopsided before. After Shirlian retied it, it was still crooked. Although Sun Lung didn't say anything and merely stared at him, Shirlian felt that he hadn't felt this embarrassed in centuries. He put down his hands and was just about to suggest that they try again when suddenly there was a commotion outside. Sounds of footfalls approached and several loud bellows rang out. 
great immortal. Bewildered, Shirlian ran to the door just in time to see his shrine surrounded by a large crowd. Everyone's faces red and excited. The village chief sped ahead towards Shirlian and grabbed his hand. A god, a god has descended upon our small village. We are so grateful. Shirlian was confused. The rest of the villagers also followed the chief and surrounded Shirlian. Welcome to Puchi village, great immortal. My lord, can you bless me with a wife? One asked. My lord, can you bless my wife with a child? Said another. My lord, we have fresh water chestnuts for you. Do you want water chestnuts? After eating, can you conveniently bless me with a good harvest this year? The villagers were so enthusiastic and passionate that Shirlian had to take a few steps back. It seemed that the old driver from the night before had a big mouth. Shirlian had told him not to tell, but the instant morning arrived, news had already spread all around the entire village. The villagers had not a clue of the kind of god worshipped in Puchi Shrine, but still, they all crowded in wishing to light incense in prayer. It didn't matter who it was. A god was a god, and prayers do no harm. Shirlian had initially expected tumbleweeds and crows at the shrine, with only a few coming to offer prayers. So he didn't think to prepare a lot of incense. Who knew that with such hubbub, all the incense was gone in a second. The little incense burner was filled to the brim. Its heavy smoke enveloped the shrine. Shirlian had not smelt the scent in a long time and choked on it. As he choked, he said, Everyone, this shrine does not bless you with wealth. Really, please stop wishing for wealth. The result will be unpredictable. I'm sorry, the shrine doesn't bless you with a good marriage either. And no, it doesn't grant pregnancies either. Sun Lung stopped caring about his sloppy hair and sat down next to the donation box, one hand propping up his chin, the other grabbing water chestnuts to eat. Many village girls saw him and blushed. They said to Shirlian, Um, do you grant? Shirlian didn't know what they were going to ask, but felt instinctively that it must be stopped immediately, and cried, no. At last, when the crowd dispersed, the altar was filled with fruits and vegetables, even rice and noodles. No matter how this had happened, it was still a good abundance of offerings. Shirlian swept the floor and took out the trash, and Sun Lung followed him out. The shrine is doing pretty well. Shirlian shook his head and kept sweeping around. This was an unexpected turnout. Normally, there shouldn't be more than one or two passers-by every month. How can that be? Sun Lung asked. Shirlian glanced at him and smiled. This was probably thanks to your good luck. Saying so, he recalled that he wanted to change the door curtains, so he took out a new curtain to drape the front entrance. He stepped back to look at his work and noticed Sun Lung stood still before it. What's wrong? Shirlian asked. Sunang stared at the curtains thoughtfully. Following his gaze, Shirlian realized that he was looking more at the seal drawn onto the fabric. It was a seal that Shirlian had drafted in passing before, complex and rigid. Originally, it was for warding of evil and to shield from intrusions, but since it was Shirlian himself who drew it, who 
union if it might attract bad luck instead. Since there was no door, though, it was still safer to have a protection ward just in case. Seeing this boy fixed in place before the curtain with the seal, Shirlian's mind stirred. He called out, Sun Lung? Could it be that the seal had blocked Sun Lung out of the door, preventing him from entering the shrine?